The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Let me say where I was, but I was somewhere in a city, and I was speaking in a bunch of schools, girls' schools, and I got a phone call when I was there. If I that in this city there was there were some death parents that died from from cancer and from other things, and there were there were there were Yisraelis, there were there were girls that lost their parents, and they wanted me to give them a chizik. So when I go to this lady's house. And she's going to put a, a group together. What do they call these groups? A um, support group. And the group's going to be for girls from the ages of 6 to 16. But I go give them chizik. I'm like, I don't know. I never say no. I'm like, okay. What am I going to tell these kids? Each one of them lost either one or two parents. So what am I going to tell these kids? I'm going to tell them about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was abandoned, adopted, burnt his tongue, and he became Moshe Rabbeinu. So... All those things that happened to Moshe Rabbeinu were not his choices. That he was put into the Nile River, that he was adopted by Batya, that his tongue was burnt, that he ended up being prince of Egypt, right? And look what he did with it. Okay. So I had my speech ready. I'm going to give these kids chizik. So I go in there, and I thought there'd be seven or nine kids. There were over 25 kids. And there's a whole circle of chairs, and my wall stands in the middle. Okay. It was very shocking for me. A lot of these kids were very, very young. Little Pitzelach, six years old and nine years old. It was very shocking for me. But I can't show that to them. I'm going to give them chizik. So I did my whole Moshe Rabbeinu routine. And they really liked it. And the parents, you know, the single mothers and fathers, whoever lost, lost a wife or a husband, they were there because they were a little nervous. You know, how the kids are going to take it. First time we did this. Okay. I finished my speech. I thought I did very well. No, I knew I did very well. Right? I was smiling. It's one little girl. I said, no, if I finished my speech, I said, okay, any questions? Whoever wants to ask a question can ask a question. So this one little girl says, could I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. What's your name? She tells me her name. How old are you? Nine. I'm like, okay. What's your question? So she looks at me and she says, Rabbi Wallerstein, when you were nine, did you have a mommy? I said, yeah. She goes, oh. I'm like, why, why are you getting so upset? You don't know my mother. I'm like, why are you saying that, right? Then she looks at me and she says, you still have a mommy? I said, yes. She goes, oh, you really do? You still have a mommy? I'm like, yeah, Baruch Hashem. She should live long. She goes, oh, okay. She gets up. Walks out. Just walks out. And next he gets up, goes to the kitchen. And then the three older girls that were sitting there get up, they leave. Within ten minutes, eight minutes, there wasn't one person in that room. I lost the whole crowd. I gave the best speech of my life. Did not mean nothing. Because at the end of the day, what this girl was hoping would be that Rabbi Wallstein is speaking to us must mean that he went through the same thing. And therefore, she was hoping that when she said, did you have a mommy when you were nine? I would say, no. And then she would say, wow, so I could be a Rabbi Wallerstein. But I didn't say that. And I have to say, my mother should be Michael me. She should live, live long. In my heart, when she asked me the question, I knew where she was going. I sort of wished that, that I was like Esther, that I didn't have parents since I was born. So I could tell this girl, a mommy since I'm nine, I never had a mommy. And she would have been like, 
Wow, you didn't have a mommy either? I could be like you, but I couldn't say that. Hashem, I couldn't say that, but I couldn't say that. I didn't have her trauma. I don't have that in my backpack. I wasn't Esther Hamalka. I have other stuff that I went through, and that's why I'm here tonight. That's why I teach. That's why I went into Chinuch. But I didn't have that. So, what Mordechai was yelling at all of us is, if you went through something, and you're not using that to help others, then all the pain that you went through, right, that you went through, is not, is not being used. So if you go through trauma, it's not our choice. Because Baruch put us through this trauma. And he, he, he's the Melech, and he's, that, and he's our Tati, and he's the Melech. And it's not something that we chose, Chas Vashom. It's not something that we wanted. But for some reason, he put us through that. Then, then, then what Mordechai is saying, this is Megillah's Esther. It's not called Megillah's Mordechai. It's not called Megillah's Purim. It's called Megillah's Esther. This is Esther's Megillah. Esther's trauma, she lost both her parents. It wasn't up to her. The question is, and this is what, this is what Shimshon Pinker says, the only choice you have in life is what do you do with the things you have no choice? That you are a woman, that you are a Jew, that those are your parents, that these are your siblings, right? that you were born on that day, that that's your age, that you live in this town, all the things that you have no choice, what do you do with it? Step in or step out? The only choice you have in life is what to do with the things you have no choice. And this is what Mordechai was screaming at his niece, at, at Esther. He said, If you're going to be silent, and you're going to waver, at this moment, and you're not going to save Klai Yisrael, then the choice that wasn't yours, that you lost your parents, wasted. And every single person has something else in their backpack. And the reason that Hashem has given them this, well, not the reason, I don't know the reason. I can't tell you the reason. But... The person's choice, according to Rishim Shimpinkis, is what do you do with this trauma that you went through? Do you get depressed, give up on life, right? Doing nothing with your life. That's your choice. You have that choice. Or do you take it and help people that went through the same thing that you did? And there's many support groups in cancer and in divorce and in, in all these other things. And the people that run the support group are not people who are great speakers and not people... That are mechanchim. There are people who just went through the same thing, and when you look at someone who went through the same thing and they're successful, it gives you the energy to be successful. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to Inspire dot org.